welcome back to the homegrown filmmaking podcast this is episode five and today we are just gonna do something kind of simple i ran around with my microphone and my audio recording device sort of running gun style and interviewed a bunch of people not a bunch but a few and got their opinions on films just movies what are their favorite movies what types of movies and genres do they like what directors or actors or whoever else what do they like about movies and just sort of got this general idea of different people and what they like. Here is that. Hey guys, this is Ben. I'm a, I'm a math major, or math education major. And uh, I mainly like just watching movies all the time. I try to watch as many movies as I can. I work at the, at the movie theater, so I see a couple movies every, every week pretty much. Okay, well I'm Charlie Crane. Or Charles, but I go by Charlie. My name is Sierra Gaskell. I'm going to school for nursing, and I like laying in my hammock. Hi, I'm Jesse Monday. I uh, am a videographer. I do video and study movies. I've been studying filmmaking for uh, five or six years. I'm with I'm with Jack now, and we're going to interview him on what movies he likes and whatever else he wants to tell us about movie stuff. Um, I don't really have like a specific genre of movies that I always watch. I'll pretty much watch anything. Um, a big thing is like the soundtrack for a movie. Like if the soundtrack's not good, then I probably won't watch the movie or watch it again. But if the soundtrack's really super amazing good, like Dark Knight or what's another one? Forrest Gump was a really good one that like adds to the movie being good or not. Um, action hands down because it's stupid. Why is it stupid? I mean, there's a, like when you talk to people about movies and they compare it to real life, they're like, oh, this isn't a movie, you know, this doesn't happen. Or like Michael Bay, just any like car explosion stuff, when you see it happen in real life, you're like, well, that's not what I imagined. It's like, no, because you watch movies and you're like, this is totally different. And that's the best part. So you can do stupid things in movies because it's a movie and you know what, who cares? No one, everyone's going to go pay to see it. Transformers makes, like the last two movies made a billion dollars each. And it's because people just want to go see stupid action, which is perfectly fine. They're awful movies, but like you have to know that going in. So that's, action is just, hand- and then when you get a good movie like John Wick that does it perfectly, it just oozes uh, craftsmanship. I like scary movies, and I like suspenseful movies, and I kind of like comedies, but not as much as I like horror and suspenseful movies. The main movies that I like to watch are like, my favorite director is Quentin Tarantino. Um, He's very unique with his directing, and I like how with his movies, the, the dialogue in his movies are just... It doesn't like compare to anybody else's. The violence in his movies, the excessive language, which I could care less about that, but the dialogue and just the uniqueness of his movies. I usually have like my most current like favorite movie um, from like maybe the last like you know two, three, five years, uh, and then my like overall like top five, and so currently my number one like favorite movie is definitely logan do you have any favorite directors or specific people i would say matthew vaughn is one of my favorite the new guy denis villeneuve you know what i'm talking about 
Yeah. Um, Arrival and Sicario and uh, Enemy. I think he did Prisoners too. I don't think he did Nightcrawler. He's basically doing all the movies that should be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but uh, only like two of them have. He's like my favorite up and coming. His name is Dennis Villeneuve. So Dennis Villeneuve is my probably like he's a newer director and he's probably one of my favorite newer directors he did prisoners with hugh jackman i like that one prisoners was great and Jake arrival um he did one before prisoners that i can't remember the name of monsters i think it might be the name of it that might have been somebody else um but and then and then he's doing blade runner 2049 they're and, redoing blade runner no they're making or is it just like a sequel they're making a, they're making a blade runner with um ryan gosling and harrison ford <laughs> and it looks so freaking good. Like, Blade Runner is like a guilty pleasure of mine because um, there's five different cuts of the movie and four of them suck. And uh, the the one that Ridley Scott actually did is really good. There's a director's cut that Ridley Scott had nothing to do with. That they just the they studio just, just called it a direct a director's cut for some reason. And then there's the um, final cut, which is a fantastic movie. Um, and I'm just, I know that Dustin, or Dennis, I always say Dustin, I know that Dennis Villeneuve is going to just freaking destroy it, freaking knock it out of the park. Good, it's in gonna a good be, way. It's going to be so good. Like, I just, because he takes his same team with him to like every movie that he does. He has, mm-hmm. he has a writer and a composer that he always works with that he worked on for Prisoners and Arrival. Um, and so he's bringing them to Blade Runner and it's, uh, it's going to be, it's, it's like just watching it's like a one minute and like 10 second trailer and it's like four or five shots from the movie and two lines of dialogue from Harrison Ford and that's the whole thing and it's like give me that movie right now like right I now. want that I want it yeah do you have a favorite film composer other than John Williams Philip Glass I really like Philip Glass he's done quite a bit of stuff I mean it may be biased because he did The Truman Show and that's my favorite movie James Newton Howard he's a cool music composer Justin Hurwitz new up and coming guy I like his stuff he did La La Land and Whiplash and I think The Grand Pianist I could be wrong on that I think music's a huge deal when it comes to movies Hans Zimmer he did Dark Knight and Pirate to the Caribbean and Inception. I think Hans Zimmer gets overrated though. Just because of his Dark Knight stuff and everyone's like hopping all over him now. And I think, what's the space movie? Interstellar. I think he did Interstellar. I'm not entirely sure though. That sounds correct. Because I mean, they're like all three of those besides yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean or Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. So He's not bad. Uh, he's really good. I should say that. But overrated means someone who's highly rated but their their work is you know just a little bit less yeah so he's great but he's overrated because he's not as great as everyone thinks he is i think he like his his, he just seems like he does the same thing in all the movies that he does like i don't know know. john williams could be, be said the same but i mean do you have a favorite movie by far or like a top five list or anything like that? Um, Quentin Tarantino movies kind of make up, not all of the list, but a good part of it, I'd say. Um, Django, Pulp Fiction, Go 1 and 2, they change every once in a while. Uh, I think Mad Max, Fury Road is probably my third favorite movie. Just I don't know what it is about it. Just I didn't think they could have a car chase the whole movie and still be good, but they made it happen somehow. I'd say recently also Mad Max, Fury Road. Uh, I like that. Because... 
Yeah, I just I I it's the movie that I can literally always just watch. I can watch it like I just watched it the other day just because I was bored. I was like, I was playing Mad Max. Mad Max. I was like, it's just it's so freaking good visually, uh, and like the story is just so perfect, simple, and easy to follow. Um, if you know the universe, if you don't know the universe, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But um, I didn't know much until about I halfway through the movie. Seen? Yeah, I hadn't seen really anything. I had never seen a single Mad Max movie until I went and watched Fury Road. Same. I had just heard that it was like the of like using visual or uh, practical effects mm-hmm. and I love practical effects so I was like okay I'll go watch it I don't know what it's about but um, and I think they do a very good job of like just like don't worry about it it's post-apocalyptic people are yeah, weird it's like people are weird there's weirdos there's warlords this is how it is so yeah, just deal just, with it just deal with it you know <laughs> get over it get over yourself and I'm like okay yeah. I'll do it people and are kind of nasty it's yeah just, <laughs> it's like um, it's like you don't really need to know like a whole hour of exposition to figure out what's yeah. going on in the movie you can just kind of guess or assume and it's a lot of movies of, that wouldn't work but it just works so well in fury road yeah they just kind of like throw you in yeah and it's like you're gonna be okay with this great and it's a lot of the movie like a lot of blockbusters you'll see them use like a deus ex machina mm-hmm. in that uh they'll just pull the character out of a situation by using um something that's not established or just yeah it's really just weird kinda... or just out of the ordinary and it's like oh good or coincidental really mm-hmm. and it's like oh glad that thing was there to save them or yes um <laughs> what are the odds yeah and you'll see in the opening sequence of after he's captured um there's like four times that he uh or like no there's like two or three times that he uh like there's a like a quintessential like blockbuster deus ex machina comes out to save him and then it just gets completely ripped out from under him like he's running through uh and he like falls in this kind of like well thing and all the war boys come in or like tackling him and mm-hmm. there's a chain and he's like oh there's a chain here and he starts like climbing up the chain he's like oh good thing that chain that was chain there. was there and, and then they grab him and pull him down back into the water and start beating him up and he gets out and he runs away and then um the whole time they're like setting up his character too because he's having like these horrible insanity flashbacks, flashbacks yeah. and stuff and um then he like runs out and uh bursts out the thing and then the hook comes by yeah and he's like jumps and oh look at this coincidence like this oh it's what a coincidence this hook for him perfectly placed for him to escape comes out and he like jumps on it and grabs it and then uh he swings back and the war boys grab and him and drag him away him up again, and yeah. like it's like oh it's so it's perfect like he can't it's catch like, a break it's yeah. so perfect that it makes you think like oh look all of these like things in other movies would have been the way that he escapes yeah he would have doesn't work he would have been out in like two minutes yeah it just doesn't work yeah. and uh it's great how they flip kind of the paradigm on its head i like halloween the old ones and i kind of like the new ones by rob zombie i like don't breathe it was pretty scary i don't want to say a spoiler in case your viewers haven't it's been long enough if you haven't seen it's your fault it was really scary whenever the dog jumped up on the car window out of nowhere it's not much of a spoiler it's just a little jump scare it's not it's not like what happens to a character at the end or anything like that Whatever, it was overall scary. Scary or suspenseful? Which one Which was it more? Probably suspenseful, but to me it was both. And I liked the first Insidious and the second Insidious. They weren't necessarily pretty scary, but they were alright as a horror film. I like James Wan. James Wan made... James Wan and Lee Wano made... The, the, they made the first Saw movie and started the Saw franchise as well as Insidious and The Conjuring movies. I like the Saw movies too. All of them. And I don't think that they should have stopped after the third movie. Like you do. I just think they could have. The first one was the best. And after that, they just got into the torture porn thing, really. 
hardcore. The story underlined was really, really good, and I thought my opinion on the Saw franchise is that they could have taken all of them and taken the core story and condensed it into a solid trilogy with still a lot of the torture stuff and all that crazy gore, but with the with really with the main story of Jigsaw and why he does what he does. That's That was the best part of the software franchise. I really liked Get Out from Jordan, Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I, there's like so many movies I haven't seen. I ask, I'll talk to people about movies and then they'll mention a lot of movies and I'll say, okay, that's cool. I haven't seen any of those movies. And then you don't. But it was, it was really well done. We watched that Get Out and Logan in the same night. Logan was pretty good too. I did see Logan. Logan was cool. Also, have you seen Don't Breathe? Don't Breathe. Is that recent? It's within the last few months. I think it came out in February or January. But it was like three kids go in to rob this uh, blind guy's house and he basically just messes them up and a bunch of crazy stuff happens. I would recommend. Okay, I'll look into that. I know number one is Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it's the favorite of everyone. I know it's ever. the standard, but it's uh, it's just so good, and it's such an example of how to make a sequel and how to make in a world in our movie world now that's dominated by like sequels and sequels are pretty much spin-offs. always awful, and sequels are so bad. And The Empire Strikes Back is just the best way possible that you could ever. Yeah, sequels are usually sequel. like. Oh man, the first one did all right. Mm-hmm. Let's make a second one because people will watch it and pay for it, and whether yeah. it's good or not, like, let's just make some extra money here. Yeah. And X Men Two is also a really uh, good example of a freaking great sequel yeah. than the original. Okay, well, I do know my favorite movie of all time is The Truman Show. I think that movie gets passed up a lot, or people are like, "Hey, what's that one movie that the dude's living in a TV?" show or something and I'm I always get so excited I'm like dude that's my favorite movie and no one ever knows because their favorite movies are like Star Wars or something like that which there's nothing wrong with but the Truman Show is so sad I guess it's got one of my favorite moments of TV or of uh, cinematic history I guess just like where he's banging on the wall have you seen the Truman Show I have not that's on my list now Dude, I will give it to you so you can watch. I have two Blu-rays because I was like, if I lose one, I have to have another. So I I bought two just because I was like, oh, I need to have it. But uh, yeah, I'll let you borrow. It's just, there's so many great moments and the music's great. and, and, And Jim Carrey's performance should have been nominated for, I think he won Best Actor at the Golden Globes, but it wasn't. Uh, nominated for an Oscar, which is a shame because, man, he was just such a lovable and likable character. I I adore that film so much. And I think it's one of those things where I was like, I think I first saw it when I was four years old. And uh, I, then later on in my life, I had a dream. And then I was like, is this an actual movie or was it just my dream? And so for like a good 14 years of my life, I was just kept remembering this scene. And when you watch it, it'll be the one where he's talking to his friend in the... Um, when, when he's putting snacks in the vending machine, that's the one scene where I'm, I was always like, for 14 years of my life, was this a dream? And I kept trying to explain to my parents, because I didn't know any of the actors, because I saw it when I was little. I kept talking about that one scene, and then I talked about the scene in the boat. And they were like, yeah, we don't know what you're talking about. And so then I saw it, like, when I was, you know, 17 or 18, not that long ago. 
uh, I saw that scene on AMC or whatever, and I was like, Mom, Dad, holy crap, this is the movie I've been talking about for like 14 years. And they're like, the Truman Show? What the F? And I was like, yeah, this is the scene. So then I went out, I bought it, I watched the whole thing without the stupid AMC commercials. And uh, that's what I was like, okay, yep, this is the best movie I've, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then Alfonso Cuaron went on to make Children of Men, which is probably... I haven't seen that. I need to watch it. I see videos on it all the time. It's going to blow your freaking... No, because I've seen like the super long tape, take at the beginning mm-hmm. in the car. Yep. And then when... Uh, they go downstairs with the baby and like all the soldiers like there's freeze an even longer take out. at the uh, during the climax yeah. the, the whole the whole climax of the movie is one take i saw that. another um video about like just acts i think it was rocket jump film school again and it was mm-hmm. happy accidents like accidents in like film that they just kind of kept yeah. going with and one was in children of men they're like following him through like a little war zone people are fighting mm-hmm. yeah and they're following him and like blood splatters on the lens yeah and i guess the director yelled cut but they didn't hear him and so they kept going and they're like going and there's like this blood splatter yeah. on the lens and it looked really cool nice and he's like okay that's cool let's yeah, just keep let's it, keep it. <laughs> um, happy accidents yeah and so man the that that movie is um i can appreciate it because it is probably um the best movie made in I would say in the last since the year 2000 um, in this century in this I century guess. I would say probably the best movie of this century so far Children of Men um, visually anyway cinematically uh, like her cinematography um, but uh, I'll, I'll say I'll say it's my number five because I want to put it in my top five but there's so many other movies that I want to put in there too so number two it goes back and forth between the Lord of the Rings movies, and they had to be considered like one movie. Yeah, yeah, you can't. They're, they're just all too. They're just like it's a first, second, and third act, and the movies match that up perfectly. But um, it goes between them and then Princess Bride, because Princess Bride is fantastic, and that fencing scene is one of the best things I've ever seen. Because if you know the history of like fencing and stuff, when they're talking smack back and forth, they're actually talking about the different styles of fencing. Like, oh, you're using Benetti's defense against me. And he's like, yeah, and he's actually using that defense against them, and then they change into Agrippa and stuff, and it's just super cool. Like, that entire five-minute scene was just like, oh. And then you have like, Inconceivable and stuff. And I guess just a very big nostalgic movie, but, I mean, I still watch it now, and I show people who've never seen it, and they're like, yeah, hey, that was pretty good, that was really funny. I was like, yeah, man, that's good. Uh, and then, I don't know past that, man. There's just too many, too, way too many good films out there. Um, what, are, what are the others at the top five? So, I got one, Empire Strikes Back, and I got five. Okay, the we, have the, we have the bread. Of yeah, the we got the bread. <laughs> we got to fill it What's in. in the middle? Um, in no particular order, I would say Jurassic Park. Uh, also, a John Williams. Well, oh, I mean, come on. on. That's a different episode. Jurassic Park is yeah. the, like, like, the way that I think every... It's the quintessential blockbuster. Have you read the book? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the book is awesome. The book's great. And then even though, like, for a movie, if they were to add everything in the book, it would be, like, five hours long. Yeah. And even though they cut out, like, all the stuff they had to cut out, it's still awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad that they cut out yeah. a bunch like, of stuff. It is... Because it's still It's the awesome. example of so many things. It's the example of how to adapt a book... To film. To film. Yeah. It's the example of how to make the quintessential blockbuster. I, it's how I think every blockbuster should be made, um, in that there's... 
they don't talk down to the audience. The reason I don't like Jurassic World is because they went the opposite direction and they they treat the audience like they're retards. <laughs> I still haven't seen Jurassic World. They don't. They 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 uh, the filmmakers don't respect you <laughs> in Jurassic <laughs> World. They don't think that you're smart, and so. Um, that's something that I love about Jurassic World or Jurassic Park is that it um, it treats the audience like they have a uh, like they like have they a brain have a, they have a brain and, um, and they can understand what's going on yeah and so they don't have to they do there is a lot there is quite a bit of exposition but it all makes sense within the story yeah and um, there's even more exposition in the book yeah, oh yeah for sure there's like the first like I don't know hundred and something two hundred pages is like yeah, it's just all explaining what DNA yeah, sequencing is. Pretty much, but, yeah. um, Costa Rica. <laughs> but man, the book's great, and um, I think the movie I would say is even better because it, I think it adapts and shortens and edits the book into something that is a thousand times more yeah. enjoyable, as even as much as enjoyable. As yeah, the even book is. for how condensed it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's a solid movie. The way they change the characters in the movie, I like more because in the book, John Hammond is kind of a, a d bag, and um, yeah. And I feel like he has a much better character arc because he actually has an arc in the movie. Yeah, it's not just I'm the same person throughout the whole story. He is, and he even dies in the book. And so I think it's better uh, that he, you know, has an arc. And the freaking scene where he talks to Ellie, I think. Is that her name? Elle? Ellie? I don't remember. I can't remember. Laura, uh, what's-her-face's character. But, um... (laughs) she where he talks to her in the food or in the, like the mess hall and is like uh t- telling her about the fleas and his first his like first attraction that he ever did is one of the is like i think is the quintessential how to do dialogue between two characters who have opposing viewpoints yeah. like them talking instead of just arguing yeah, about instead something of arguing yeah. they're like talking to each other they're like they're explaining both their sides of the story and in the end she has the moral high ground and he realizes it and changes how he views the yeah, world because of how she yeah, yeah changes his perspective on what? everything people like, can whoa. resolve things i know people can resolve things like adults oh in movies gosh. it's crazy and um crazy. Yeah, i think that scene is one of the most beautiful scenes uh of dialogue interaction between two characters in film i think civil war is a better movie but I can watch Winter Soldier more than I can watch Civil War because I can watch the entirety of Winter Soldier and be awesome and like have a great time with it. Uh, Civil War, although I love it and think it's like you know a 99 out of 100, there's some moments where I'm like, okay, let's just get to the airport scene. It, it might be that it's too good that the rest of the movie is just like. Yeah, but yeah, it seems bad by comparison, but it's actually really good. But like the Winter Soldier, all of it is like solid. Yeah, yeah, all of it's where I can be like, okay, even the slow parts I can get behind or something like that. But in Civil War, it's just like you have those four great action scenes and the rest is filler. Like it's fun filler, but you're like, you know, holy crap, let's just get to the airport scene or let's just get to the the uh, highway chase where they're running down the thing or something like that or the end fight scene with Iron Man and Captain America. So probably have to say Warner Soldier just because it's the craze now. Like the superhero craze. I could be bold and say Power Rangers, the new one, because that was dope. But your subscribers would hate me. I thought it was awesome though. Go see Power Rangers. Go see Power Rangers. It was stupid, but it was amazing. It was it was really stupid. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me yours and I'll think about an extra Oh one. my gosh. I don't know. Um 
I don't know if I have really any underrated ones. I like Donnie Darko. Have you seen Donnie Darko? Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one just because I like... An ex-girlfriend forced me to watch it, and I thought she was a weirdo. But then years later, I watched it again. <laughs> and uh, I was like, she was right. This was great. I watched it on, <laughs> I watched it on Netflix because I was... Yeah. I knew who Jake Gyllenhaal was, and I think I'd seen Zodiac. So I was like, okay, that, that was a good movie. Another good David Venture mm-hmm. film. And uh, I was like, oh, this movie looks kind of trippy and cool. Let's watch it. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I went to my girlfriend's house. Like, the next day, I was like, we got to watch this movie. This movie's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I put it on, and she fell asleep halfway through. And I just keep, I kept watching uh, it. I don't even care. Just watch it again. Well, I had to look up, like, was like what does this movie even mean? Because yeah. it confused me with the whole time travel thing. Yeah. I actually watched the director's cut about a month ago. And it actually explains a lot more of the mm-hmm. time travel stuff. It just throws like snippets of the philosophy of time travel book and you can like read stuff and you can link it to what's going on and it makes more sense. But yeah, it's actually really cool. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a lesser known. Netflix told me it was a it was a cult film. Yeah. But I'm sure enough people like it if there's a website dedicated to yeah, explaining sure. it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I know. I know you're gonna agree with me on this one, but Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim's good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. That was another one where like I liked it before I knew who directed it and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I watched like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And Hot Fuzz and junk like that because yeah. they're all Edgar Wright. Hot Fuzz is so freaking good. Hot too. Fuzz is. I think hilarious. that's the best of the Coronado trilogy. That. Uh, probably Hot Fuzz. I would say is probably the best one. There's some movies that you remember strictly because of your experience while watching them mm-hmm. uh, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is one of those where it was New Year's Eve I don't even remember how many years ago and um, we had like stayed out until like 2am and went and got like Taco Bell and uh, and this was high school so I was like ooh staying out until 2am oh my a. gosh 2 o'clock crazy and um, so we went and like got Taco Bell and there was this like really weird lady at Taco Bell who was yelling at everybody and uh, might have even pooped her pants while she was there but we weren't sure and then um, we went back to my friend's house and he was like I got this movie I've never seen before and so you wanna watch it and I was like sure and I was like at that point it was like 3 o'clock in the morning and I was exhausted and I just watched the whole Scott Pilgrim vs. the World all the way through and I was enthralled the whole time I was laughing the whole time all my friends with me fell asleep and I was just sitting watching the movie (laughs) I was like it's so good and uh, yeah that was definitely one of the times that it was like I remember that experience watching the movie for the first time well thanks for listening to that and thank you to everyone I interviewed my favorite movies really I don't have a whole lot I don't have like a top five or anything or really a specific genre I like a lot of movies I do enjoy when people get it right and they make a good solid movie and I think this episode was a an important episode because it didn't specifically teach one skill or how to do anything filmmaking wise but it gave insight into why other people like certain types of movies and films and what sort of drives people to go watch a movie and I think that you can really learn from that to make your own what how, what to put into your own movie or anything related to that just use it as inspiration go and just run with it. Also, be sure to find my YouTube page. Search Homegrown Filmmaking on YouTube and subscribe. Like some videos, watch some videos, do whatever you want. Find me on Twitter at Homegrown Films. And don't forget to have a good day as well. Goodbye.